do it. I mean, come on. Are they just drunks on the street? Or are they real people that have got themselves into trouble? I had a brother that was for 30 years an alcoholic because he shot some kids in Vietnam and he could never get over it. Is it scriptural to go after people that are lost? Mark 16 and 15 is what we call the great commission. <clears throat> Let me say it this way. It was God's way of commissioning on us to do something. He left and we go. He left to sit at the right hand of the Father and He's there interceding for us. Mark 16 and 15 and then He told them go into all the world. I want you to know that 4th Street on Nome was world although that's where many of the alcoholics were. You could go to the many streets that are lost, homeless, inhabit today, and is part of the world. Go into all the world and preach. I like what the this version says. Preach the good news. That's what the gospel is. It's the good news. That you don't have to be like you are. And God died for you. And he was resurrected for you. But he took your sins. If you will only open your heart to him. But how can they know? Unless we go with a message. How can they know unless they see in Christ in us. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Very plain. Very plain. Now I want you to turn to a scripture that even makes it more personal to you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians and we're going to go to ver uh, chapter 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, I'm sorry, 5. That's a little different, isn't it? 
when you're reading things from up here and you happen to reach almost the age of 80, <laughs> things look different. Second Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to go to verse 17. But you probably need to read all of that chapter. This is what it says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now that's talking about people that know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And verse 18 says, And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. He brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. What does it mean to reconcile? It means to put back together. You husband and wives, you know, you've had a little argument. And for a little while, life is a little strained. She goes this way and you go that way. And you're a little slow about going where she is. And she's a little slow about going where you are. Because you've had some harsh words. That does happen, doesn't it? I'm ministering to a couple that you'll never know who they were and they're not in this congregation that have married been married 31 years and they need to be reconciled brought back together and the scripture says that he has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the word to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the one, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You just don't know how important your life is as an ambassador for Christ. Because we are surrounded with people that are lost. 
Now, that's not a little, just a little dinky statement. It is an awesome statement. Because you see, lost people die and spend an eternity in hell. Unfortunately today, many people, many pastors and preachers may not preach about hell enough. We want our congregation happy. We want them enjoying their life and going real well. But the truth is that if your denomination or if your church is not winning souls, we're not doing what we should. Because you see, lost people near need to hear the message. And the message becomes good news to them because they want a way out. I have counseled young girls that have taken razor bays like that and have slashed their arms over and over and over. You know what they needed? Jesus. They needed a Jesus. And you know what? They knew where to go find Jesus. At some church. I believe churches become a lighthouse to a community. But you know the strange thing about a church? You can come here on Monday and these pews aren't even here. They're stacked up over there. So where did church people go? They went out where the sinners were. And God sent you there. And you don't hide it. You don't speak in kind of a, a tone where, uh, you know, or a language that the world can take no thought about what you're saying. No. You're meant to stir the lost world up. Because that's what Christ did. That's what Paul did. Everywhere they went, there was either revival or there was a revolt. And that's what he expects out of us. Now there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways to reach the lost. One of the things that I felt like the Lord really laid on my heart as we started giving out lunches, and by the way, we have team here too. I like, I like our team, Andy and his wife, and we have Debbie over there. Oh, I can tell you. And then there's others that work in the background too, and they make, they make hats. They do all things like that. Some of you give in the offering. So we could go out like that. But this just happened uh, just a week back. And I was, look, I had fed this woman. I had prayed with this woman. And then she went back and she grabbed a little note. 
because the Lord said to me, you should not just give them a sack lunch. You need to put a message on every one of them. And this is what she read. I hope this lunch can be a blessing to you today. But I hope you also love the friendship that we are giving to you. God has put a love in our hearts to respond to your need. Why would God do that? Because he loves you too. Call out to him and he will show you his help and love. And we watched her break down and cry. Then she left where she was and ran back to us. And these are the words she said. Thank you for loving us. It seems like nobody else does. You know what? That is a bad mark against the churches that do not reach out to others. I'm not trying to get after them. I'm just saying they are not doing their job. And it's so easy to find the homeless. They all have a look. They usually hang out in some of the same places. I remember taking Debbie with me as she first started into the homeless ministry. And after she had been going with us for a while, I said, Debbie, has anything about you changed since you've been going with us to homeless? And she said, Pastor, I didn't realize they were, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And she says, now I can't go downtown without seeing them. Do you know one of the easiest people to touch is the people that need something. You know what Christ did with the people that needed something? He fed them. And he preached to them. I think that's a good way to do things. If Christ did it, why can't we? See, it's a very easy thing to do. Listen to this one. I like to use this one every now and then. To my dear friend, his initials are PN. I could say his initials now are PN. When I met him, he was drinking Listerine. He was an alcoholic that couldn't stop. He came into my office with the words, I need to change. 
That day became a miracle day for him simply because he asked God for a change. And my note says, how about you? Why don't you ask the Lord of all help to help you? Today might be your day. And how we sign this on every one of these notes, your street pastors, Eldon and Gloria Hicks, because we care. Hey, people don't need the harshness. Hey, how can you be that alcoholic like that? How can you pee openly on this street? By the way, do you know why they do that? They're not welcome any place that has restrooms. We need to get involved with people that have to stoop that low that most of them that don't want to be on this street can't help themselves. Most of them cannot go home because of their lifestyle. They're not welcome there anymore. And now they're not welcome on our streets. And what will the church do about it? What would you do if that task was suddenly left to you and glory and I suddenly taken home to be with the Lord because you do realize her and I can go home very quickly. What will you do with it? One more little note. To my dear friend, maybe this is just for you. My brother was an alcoholic for 30 years. He drank for a reason, Vietnam. Maybe you drink for a reason, I write. My brother had 30 years robbed from him until he one day gave his problem to God. And I write, maybe that's what you need to do then you can get follow-through help from other sources. Today, my brother lives a good life in a warm house with a wife that loves him. It all started when he gave his problem to God. And I end it by saying we love and are praying for you, your street pastor, Zeldon and Gloria Hicks. I saw a woman the other day 
right across the street from cars. And she was bad-mouthing the world. She was sitting in a wheelchair. And everybody would stop and listen and then walk on. Because she was using profanity that most sailors could never match. And she was calling out imaginary names of people that were around her close. She thought, I decided that I would go over with my lunch. Now my wife always warns me when I go to certain individuals, she said, you need to be careful, something wrong with that lady. I'll tell you what was wrong with her. She was a lost individual that had drank too much and used drugs too much, and now her mind was gone. I walked over to her, and all the time she was giving profanity out, and I stopped her for a moment and I said here hey I don't know who you're talking to but I want you to look at me and a little lady I love you and here's something to eat she stopped see the world wants us to stop them they need to have somebody with guts enough to walk up in front of them knowing that the Spirit of God will protect. We do a lot of ministry in Mountain View. Is there any bad things that happen in Mountain View? But all Gloria and I see is something good going on in Mountain View. Oh yeah. There's people with ministry down there. But I said to that little lady and I looked her right in the eyes. I said, "Hun, look at my eyes. And I took my glasses off. And I said... I'm going to be praying for you. The profanity stopped. And I walked away. What is that? That's part of the ministry of reconciliation. It's part of going into all the world and preach the gospel. The truth is, most churches don't seem to want them to come. They've not washed. They've not uh, had clean clothes. They may have wore their socks unless Debbie was around for many weeks. Debbie brings socks and all kinds of stuff like that. Wonderful. So do you folks. Gloria and I do. What would you be like? How would you feel 
if suddenly I said to Pastor Mike, I want to use your bus every Sunday. And all of a sudden, I could bring to you 100 street people. Would you be the kind that, well, you know, I'm afraid for my kids. Well, then pray for your kids. I don't like the way they come into our bathrooms and mess our bathrooms up. We'll clean it up. But they are just as important as you are. You know, there's not just native people out there. There's Samoans out there too. I've met a lot of Samoans out there now. I've met a lot of white people. I've met some blacks out there. I've met people from, it seems like, because Anchorage is that kind of town, from all the different kind of people that are invading our our state. And there are with the same needs. Gloria and I were blessed to see a native assembly that began to engulf those folks and then some one by one by one would come off. The peeing guy, he gave his heart to the Lord and he said, what do I do now, Pastor? I said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to get a Bible. If you don't have one, I'll give it to you. He didn't have a Bible. I gave him a Bible. I gave him one of my Bibles. See? Ministry should cost us something. And so I gave him my Bible. And I said, I want you to bring a pen and a piece of paper. Get you a notebook. That man never missed a service. And his one notebook he went through he got another notebook and before his life was over he had five notebooks full of listening and the Holy Spirit that was living inside of him took away the Listerine took away all of the junk of his life Because you see, at one time in his life, he had vowed to kill me because I had led his wife to the Lord. Hey, you know what? God's in control. And he he guides your steps. And there's individuals that's needy out there. And he wants you to walk by. You walk by without fear. Because God is with you. I've no doubt that many times I've kept the angel that walks with me plenty busy. <laughs> because of the congregation that I now call mine. See... I don't pastor a church anymore. I pastor a street. I pastor a city. And guess what? They always come out there so I can minister to them. 
And my job is to get them off the street into a congregation that will love them and bless them. That's church. That's what church is about. There's a young man. And with this, I'm going to close it in a little bit. Because well, you know what I want? I want altar time. Don't you tell me you love God and you don't get up in this altar. I'm challenging you that when it's altar time, I'm challenging you whether you're brand new here. If you know Jesus in your heart, I want you to get up off that seat and come up and offer yourself to the ministry of reconciliation. See? His name was Carl. Carl, how old do you say Carl is, Mom? Probably 24 or 5. He used to look really good. He was just fresh out on the street. I remember saying to him, Carl, hey, you've got to change with who you run around with. He said, oh, he said, I don't really have a place to go home to. He said, I've got some relatives, but they just really don't seem to want me around. And he said, I have to beg. Pastor, he says, I have to beg to eat. He said, I have to beg to get clothes. And he said, I can't hardly even go find a restroom. The months went by. I kept talking to Carl. Suddenly he dropped out of sight. Then he came back. Then he dropped out of sight again. And then two weeks ago, I talked to him. I said, Carl, I look at your face. Carl, you're starting to look like a street person. He said, Pastor, nobody seems to love me but you. I said, oh, that's not true, Carl. There's churches all over this place that will take in young folk like you and and want to give you the things that it takes for you to get your feet on the ground and, and you to get started. He looked at me. He said, I'm going to do that, Pastor. But he said, I just can't seem to do it today. You know what? I can't afford to give up on Carl. I can't afford to give up on a young man that today doesn't seem to be right. You know what? Maybe he'll be like that man that went away from his house and took the part that was due him and finally got down to the place that life was terrible. He's very close to it now. And I hope I won't 
I drive up one day in front of Walmart. And he would say, Pastor, I want to do what you've been telling me to do. I'm coming home. You know what? The good God will give him new clothes. We'll put some shoes on his feet and put a ring on his finger and give him a big hug. And I get to spend eternity with Carl. With a lady that had profanity. Maybe we're the only light they can see. And I want to be that light. 80 years old. Ah, stay home. Watch TV. No. No. When I do this, I'm finished. Now starts the altar call. (laughs) I wonder if there's somebody here in this building that you don't know. Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I did that when I was 16. And it's lasted all these years. Are you here? The truth is, sinners don't come to church much. So we have to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That means you get in your car or you put some shoes on and you head out where they're at. I wonder if you're here today and you're volunteering. If God would speak to you what to do, then you would be an obedient person. And you would go. If you're that person, I want you to stand. In fact, all of us stand. And I would hope this entire church would meet me right here up in front.